Good evening, good morning, good afternoon from wherever you're tuning in tonight on Social Confos episode 14. We're back again. I'm here with my co-host Sean Luke and we're ready to have another amazing conversation with a very talented individual and I'll leave the honors to you Sean Luke to introduce our guest. It's it's a very very creative individual. So funny backstory. I met our guest. Oh wow, it's it's already almost ten years ago. I don't know exactly how many years ago it was, but I actually our first conversation was a very random conversation at that He was sitting on the terrace. I was having a drink, and I just walked up to him because he didn't know me at the time. At least I don't think he knew me at the time. But he was already a very familiar face because for those people that don't know. Our guest today was the face of Waterkant when it came to Oruyari Productions, like letting people in the Netherlands know what's going on in December in Suriname. And he would make these really, really cool videos and interview people. And I remember he interviewed Dalsa Cruz, uh, a supermodel, Victoria's Secret supermodel, when she was in Suriname celebrating Oruyari. She, and he interviewed her. And every year, he would make these awesome videos about Oruyari. And I was really intrigued by it. Of course, back then I was already involved in Surifesta. So I just wanted to know who this guy was. And at the time he also had, when he made those videos, he had this big fro. He's laughing right now, but he had this big fro. So it was really a fun conversation. And from the conversation, one thing came to another. We we stayed in touch. We actually became friends, actually close friends, close enough that he was actually at my bachelor party for my wedding. And we even became best uh, business partners together. We started a venture together. We did an award show together. And then we stayed in touch. We kind of were in a similar industry, but he was way more into, into acting and and camera and I was a little bit more into social media and then he started this very very big project he started a full-on movie and we'll talk a lot about it today but I'm, I'm gonna keep the suspense for the movie for a little while I'm just gonna introduce today's guest and that's none other than the one the only Ivan Tayapin welcome Ivan how are you doing how are you thank you Thank you guys for uh, having me in Diego and Shaluk. And nice introduction. Yes, I totally forgot about uh, some parts, how we met. But especially the bachelor party. That was a great bachelor party. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're keeping it social, but we're not going to spill any beans <laughs> on that night. Uh, yes. We all arrived safely at home. But yeah, it was it was a fun a fun story to share that you were also part of that, of That's course. True. Yeah, welcome, Ivan, and uh, glad to have you here. And speaking of Oriyari from that intro of Shanluk, for those who are listening not in Suriname, Oriyari is New Year celebration here in Suriname, and it's very very popular. So, Ivan, can, can you tell us a bit, especially for the international listeners mm. and viewers? What's so special about Oruyari and Suriname and what got you to, you know, interviewing all these people? Yeah, it was actually a project of Waterkant and Waterkant asked me and Gino Deira that he was a cameraman to come with a concept. And we both thought, let's do some interviews because nobody did that at that time. So we came to Suriname, we stayed at Hotel Torarica 
especially in the heart of Suriname, where all the different people come or people from abroad come. So we did a lot of interviews. We even saw Dautze Cruz here. And nobody knew it was Dautze Cruz, but we we knew it and we got an interview and she said, yes, we're going to do an interview. So that was, I think, the climax of that period. But Oruyari means a lot for Surinamese people. It's like the carnival of the Caribbean, but still with a twist because uh, a lot of uh, firecrackers, we shoot a lot of firecrackers in the street and it's just partying, partying, but it's actually closing the year. So we are partying for closing the year so that the next year could be celebrated, you can say. And that's the whole week since I think that the 2nd of December, we start to party till uh, the 31st in the night. So that's it a little bit about uh, Oruyari. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've seen it. I've been part of it as well. And the amount of people that get packed in such a small location, it's oh. its ridiculous. And yeah. I, I've seen the top views from Krasnopolsky got a photo and Oh, you, know, you yeah. think how how do these people even fit? And they just unfortunately, it's not it's not COVID friendly, so we're yeah. still no. figuring out how no. we're going to do this year as well. But for 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 those of you, so so how did because of course you did this product for for Watercan, but mm -hmm. you were at the time already in the entertainment industry mm -hmm. in, in the Netherlands. So maybe yeah. for those who don't know you from that time period, because we're yes, talking at least 10 true. years ago, what what was the, the, the scene like in the Netherlands compared mm -hmm. to when you came to visit Suriname? Yeah, I started entertainment, uh, I think in 1999. I went to Holland in 1998. But in 1999, I thought like, I really want to do entertainment because I organized a lot of parties and acting at the party. So people asked me, Ivan, why don't you do it serious? So then I went to a casting agency, took some acting lessons. And for six years, I uh, worked as an uh, actor for different uh, plays and also different festivals. So that's how it all started. But it was at, I think the owner of Waterkan came to one of my plays. And he said at the end, Ivan, you did a reporter, his voice, etc. Do, do you want to work for Waterkan to do that? So that's how it went. He came to, to a play and then he asked me. So a lot of people think I started with interviewing people, but it was actually the interview. The reporter type was actually casted from a theater play. So that's actually, I think a lot of people don't know that. But the entertainment industry in Holland has different aspects. You have the film world, you have the theater world, you have festivals also where actors work, but you have also places like Blade Auto of Dolphinarium and just like Universal Studios places where actors get trained to do different assignments. And that's very important because as an actor, you can uh, take lessons, but when you are out in the public, then you get your biggest lesson. So sometimes the children came and they laughed and they were happy, but sometimes one threw a stone also. Oh, it's, it's not funny, this, that. So you get, actually you get like the real audience and that's, yeah, throwing a stone is not good, but actually the child does not like what you're doing. So you get your best lessons from those, from those festivals and also from all those studio things, Universal Studios, 
are in, in Holland, we have a Dolphinarium. And for people who don't know what uh, that is, but actually... Is that the, Pony Park? Is that Pony Park Sahara? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah Pony Park. But Blaydorp is the zoo, you know? So I worked as an actor in the zoo. So every week we got dressed up as a different type of animal. And then we did all kinds of assignments just to get focus about something, sometimes the problem. I even was caged like a, a certain, I wouldn't say an A, but as humans, we were caged because we had wanted to attract attention for how it is for animals to be caged. And played out of like that because they were, they had a whole different vision that, how do you say it? that animals should be more in the open? Yes. So two, it was really great. Two, two quick questions on that. The first, the play that the individual from Waterkan saw, was, was that locally or was it a play in the Netherlands that you... It was a play in the Netherlands. I, with two other actors, I had a foundation, Stichting Klokslag 3. And we played, we did, every year we came out with a play. So it was at, in Rotterdam when he saw me, yeah. And, and then, then he, asked, he asked me to be a reporter for, for the Oroyari festivals. Ah, that, that's pretty cool. You got yeah. the flow flown in um, from yeah. to, to celebrate, but also to, you know, make yes, up things. Yes, it was really great that we got It's, it's a dream job, Diego. It's a dream job. Radica also, you know, we stayed at a great hotel. <laughs> and the second thing I, I really, I'm really curious about, you, you just mentioned about dressing up as animals, being in a cage, immersing yourself in the animal world. Sources have told me that during your place here, your theater classes here, you've sometimes you've applied this, I guess, to them seemingly unconventional methods that seem so random. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it kind of works. So could you explain how that, I guess, that animal acting like an animal helps? people yeah. exude their their acting yeah, yeah, talent. Yeah, yeah, a lot of assignments are, yeah, sometimes I tell my actors to behave like snakes or behave like apes or behave like, because sometimes we can get information from how a snake works, you know, real slow. And then he gets up, you know? And some people have that same tendencies, that same, the, the, the way they walk and the way they listen to things have so you can study a character by impersonating an animal or by comparing an animal to that person it's not like the person is an animal but they a lot of people use talk the way they talk some people are like talking real slow you know and then but my one of my next movies will be about the animal kingdom <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay. So, so Diego, you you haven't haven't actually been in an acting class with with Ivan. I can tell you my experience from my first. It wasn't a full on acting class. He was just trying to help some online actors on the basics of acting, like in camera and on camera acting, and the difference between theater acting and on camera acting. And it was very confronting because you had to shout your name across the room oh, yeah. from one side to the other side. And if you have never shouted your name, 
there is so much shame that goes into it. You have no idea, but like it, it's very confronting. You should try it once. Like everybody that's watching or listening should try it once to just plain out shout their name to the other side of the room constantly as loud as you can. And it's it's very, very awkward at first, but it does get you over a certain hump. It gives you a certain confidence that it, it's also something like, I'm not going to say a shame factor, but like in Suriname, we're very much like, oh, I'm not going to do that because then people are going to look at me and like, and that's basically what he's saying in, 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 in Blendorp and those places as well. When you go out there in public, you're completely exposed. You have to stay in, 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 into your role while others can just try to, to make fun of you and try to poke you around to see if you would react. But you got to stay in your role. And and that's I mean that's where the real acting begins and that's mm. where my acting stops, <laughs> you know. We're, we're quickly gonna allow a couple of shoutouts because a couple of you have already commented. So hey Rowan, thank you for joining in again all the way from Barbados. We have Gregory who's back again to join in. Devon with a very big good evening. Jero also watching and good evening. And Giano says he wants to be a lion. <laughs> Start practicing that roar, Giano. <laughs> you, you might well, he, actually, he actually, he actually, I, I think Giano is linked to the hungry lions, so that might be <laughs> the reason as well. And also a shout out to Stephanie, also tuned in from LinkedIn, and Marvin also tuned in from Facebook as well. So we have a packed crowd, and we just got started actually. Hey, and even Giorgio is also jumping in. So we have a very, very packed crowd uh, of people joining in. And that brings us basically to the jump from the Netherlands to Suriname. Because at a certain point, and like this is something that a lot of us have to do when we live abroad uh, and we decide to come back. What, what brought you back in the end? Actually, when I was in Holland during my studies, I always said to myself, I want to live in Suriname again. I didn't know it would come so fast, but when I came here for Waterkan TV, I already felt like this is the place where I want to live. And I've lived here before, before 1989, but I wanted to do more. So I saw how many things could be different in entertainment, especially because if you live somewhere, you have to work. And if you, a lot of people told me, Ivan, you have two choices. You can go to Suriname or you can go to Hollywood. Because I have a great friend there, Koshita Leiflang, and she told me, Ivan, you can come to Hollywood. Come stay at my place. Then we can do some projects because you are on a certain, you're going a certain direction and you can, cra uh, you can practice your craft in Hollywood. I said, no, I want to go to Suriname. And then she said, why? I said, Suriname is like, Nothing has been done here. So there are so many great stories in Suriname. There are so many things you could uh, do in Suriname with actors because there isn't an acting in industry yet. So I saw more the possibilities in Suriname. And now she says, Ivan, I really, or maybe a few years ago, she talked to me. She said, wow, now I really understand why you went to Suriname because there are so many beautiful stories because as a director, you want to have those stories which never been told, you know? So like Weeren, like I did Weeren, it's, it's a story that never been told. So I did a lot of those projects 
like also theater plays, sex society. We're working with people who are psych or not. How do you say psychi- psychiatric? Yeah. Okay. Psychiatrist. So, yeah. So that's why I came to Suriname to tell Surinamese stories and to show the world what we as a human beings living in Suriname are and what we can do and how diverse we are, our culture, but also the cultures are in their coexistence. They are still primitive, but if we can show the world that in all their coexistence, they can flourish, they can be an example for the rest of the world. So that's how I, I got engaged back in Suriname to do projects here. Okay. So- Again, quick two questions based on that story. First one, you come back to Suriname, basically you had the option Hollywood or Suriname and one, the industry is fleshed out, everything's, you got everything there. And then for the Suriname, it's basically still, you know, a, a blank canvas for you to play with. So what was the general reception? What were the challenges you faced here? coming from the Netherlands and having the option to go to Hollywood and coming here and yeah, what, what were the challenges you had to overcome there? You mean here in Suriname, the challenges which I had to overcome here was first of all, just like Shaluk told people, when I give lessons, then you can see, especially that a lot of people need to uh, cross over their comfort zone. They need to, you can say they need to accept that they can be a character, they can be their self, first of all. And first of all, they need to accept that they can be a character. So in my directing point of view, I had to overcome that people should do crazy things, you know, like they should be following my lessons, but also be crossing their comfort zone. And that was in the, in the beginning, it was, it was very hard to do because a lot of people were not used to taking acting lessons at in that way they were like more like they want to be an action hero so then they walk like an action hero but i said no you're going to be an animal and which animal relates to an action hero so that were challenges with actors but nowadays they all do like oh ivan i need to be an animal yes let's do an animal you know so now they actually (laughs) are used to that but also the society you know when you come from Holland and you do entertainment in Suriname, then still a lot of people are like, what is this guy doing? Does he know what he does? And how, how can we put a play together? And I teach all my students that it's, you are in, not engaged, but you have to contribute to the story, to the storyline as an actor and as a director the script is like your bible yes and you have to tell the story of the script that's what i teach all my students and also other directors you are in the script is just like your bible so treat it really careful and also when you do a role be that character and not play the character but be the character a lot of people want to play the character, like oh, I'm going to shoot everybody. No, you're that character. Somebody who wants who wants to shoot somebody doesn't walk with a gun in his hands. No, the people don't do that. 
it's really, really strange example, eh? but, but still, first of all, my family, that was also like, they have to take you serious because it's an entertainment industry. A lot of people think like, it's not, you don't have to take classes. So Ivan is giving classes in acting, in camera acting. Why should I take these lessons? Camera acting, what is camera acting? Yes. Nowadays they understand, oh, that's where it's heading. When you take camera acting class lessons, you can learn different camera techniques. In Hollywood, I went to Hollywood. It's all the actors who are in films are taking acting classes, camera acting classes, because they have to practice their craft. So the society now is getting open for entertainment and they really understand that there are different kind of entertainment. Yeah. And you've spoken a bit about the, like the, the, the direct, direct director side, the creative side, mm -hmm. but generally how, uh, can you talk also a bit about the, the production side, the logistics side, how consumers received it? Yes. If I talk about the production side, I am really really glad that there are a lot of companies in Suriname not a lot but maybe five or six companies who started with productions like the backlot started with productions the grip busters has have their own technical support system we have also other companies like forward motion and iWrite who are busy with different gathering actors and production design so we are on the right track but the right track isn't everything. We have to, like the whole society, have to get engaged and have to see that film industry is also making profit. It's also an industry. It's also a way of living. So a lot of people say that you cannot live from the industry. That, that's not true. You can live from the industry, but we have to get it open for companies to invest in. You can invest in a film and your profit is commercial advertisement. So we need to get the, the thinking of all those marketing departments and companies to invest more in film, not only in just an advertisement, but also in film. And then the film can support itself and we can sell that film or that object to the world through Netflix or through Amazon Prime or through iTunes, but we need to take this industry very serious. And that's a struggle. Yeah, I'm still struggling because financially it's really hard to get all the finances for, for a movie. I do want to jump into this because we actually experienced this today. We're kind of discussing different options to create content for social media instead of just for like the big screen and even with that at a certain point we started realizing like 10 years ago you could go with a a, a phone like a regular phone and you still could start filming and the sound and and the video was good enough for social media and while of course with the best iphone it still looks pretty good and pretty damn good and even better than some of the older video cameras but the the quality that people need to see has gone up because everybody now has Netflix. Everybody now has either Amazon Prime or HD television. So all of a sudden those production costs go up. All of a sudden we have to realize that we have to pay actors. 
all of a sudden we have to realize that you have a complete logistics so if you go over four four hours of film set it becomes really really expensive I'll, I'll i'll give a story on on that when we talk about weiran as well i quickly also want to say that we're talking about hollywood and daryl wants to let uh, us know that usa is also tuned in theo is also saying iphone cheers and uh, keep believing and rowan also jumped in to say that it seems like acting lessons are good for life period it helps you to learn to be vulnerable this really helps for his taking in business as well so that's a good one but then we also have another question by gregory which is a question specifically for you ivan when will the comedy come back i was so ready in the days for the 18 plus uh, journal i was like uh, the 18 plus show and he died of laughter so so yeah is that coming back are those kind of productions coming back I, could you maybe yeah. shed a little bit light on that one I think Suriname in 2011 was not ready for 18 plus yet because I got a lot of remarks in the city. How can you make such a movie? This is putting everything uh, outside. And there were a lot of people talking about how nice they like, they, they like the TV show. But you know, what's really hard for a, a television series is you have to have script writers. You have to go on. So we underestimated that we made three. I think three uh, episodes. Two full episodes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, two full episodes. There's a third one that's not been released yet. Maybe we should release it. <laughs> but we need, of course, money, support, production support. So now, now it's more, it's less difficult to do it. So I'm thinking about releasing a, a television series, a soap series. So I'm busy with different uh, projects now. And people are beginning to understand that we need more, or we need a, we need a television series, we need a soap series, you know. We we no, we just need a Netflix original from Suriname. We we yeah, I think true. the 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 television series part, and this is very difficult because you're you're getting into this new kind of hybrid style where because let's let's quickly jump into something you said a lot of people were i wouldn't say offended but they took offense to some of the things i mean i remember a, a, a krimpa weary commercial for those outside of suriname well we won't translate what krimpa weary is but <laughs> let's just say it was it was a very fun skit and just like with i think with things like the Chappelle show that yeah. was like at the beginning yeah, like 20 years ago there's certain sketches you cannot do anymore because of the the changes in in society that it wouldn't be appropriate anymore but they were like 10 years ago they were just it was just hard on slapstick comedy but i think the biggest feedback back then was from an older generation am i correct like it weren't the youngsters or were there also no, people no, no it younger people that were you're, yeah, that's true. Yeah. There were the older people who were like, "Is this your first project in Sweden? What are you gonna do with our youth?" <laughs> oh my, get back to Holland! You didn't stay in Holland. <laughs> and that was but, more but the also, generation. But the younger generation were like, "Oh, it's funny. You know, we like it. It's fun. It's it's not serious. You know." But maybe we we went. I think some words in the in the Krimpa Krimpa Viri commercial. Maybe it was too open, you know, like Krimpa. Look, look here, here. Gregory actually remembers. He uh, remembers Krimpa the exact Viri. lines to the to the Krimpa yeah. Viri commercial. <laughs> but but I do want to point out, like the spinoff was good. Be 
there were a couple of actors in that group. I'm thinking, of course, of of Dave Fanada. I'm thinking of Shuala Shihung. Mm-hmm. There were a couple of people who were really Edie good Lemmers. in that group. Idi Lemmers. Who went on and Hilke Alobna. So there were actually a lot of people in that yeah. group who who and, and had a great theater career as well, who kind of theater. sold out Talia with their uh, shows. Uh, yeah, and I think half of the actors played also in Viren. So they, yeah, they, they played in a lot of theater plays. But also Dave Fanada played in Six Society after that. So I think they 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 were already recognizable faces. So people knew, oh, when they do yeah. something that we should go and, and and go to that theater. But somehow the industry is still a little bit, it's not flexible yet. It's not flexible enough. So we need to put every every party online, like actors there should be also like america has a screen actors guild yeah we need to bring the actors together and talk about how they can live from acting but also directors need to come together and also production so so that's how hollywood was created you know so we we are we still have a lot to 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 learn yes What's your view on, I guess, the scale? Uh, we're still in a very maturing industry, the, the film industry, the entertainment industry. But what is your view generally on the scale of Suriname with okay. the small size that we have and translating it, scaling up? Or do you think it should be something that's propagated further into the Caribbean integrated so you can operate on a like yeah, you are scale? So r- you're so right because like Suriname is not really we only have 500 or 600,000 people living here so we have maybe like for the max 100,000 households that's not enough to to put your film on the market like here so we need to take in consideration to be a part of the Caribbean the Caribbean has like 46 million people so maybe like 10 million households so when you can sell your film or your theater play to the Caribbean, then you have a lot of more profit and then the industry can start. So I think Suriname can take front approach to other countries in the Caribbean so that we can work together. The film markets, you have the European film market, you have the American film market, but we don't have a structured Caribbean market yet. So I think it's now time that we get a Caribbean market so that the Caribbean market can uh, negotiate with the European market about film, selling film, etc. So I would say that we need to engage with other countries in the Caribbean as soon as possible. That's what I'm now also, I would say, fighting for, yes. Yes. And I guess a quick follow-up on that from the comments uh, from mm-hmm. Daryl. Is there enough money in suit to live off in the industry? Me, as an actor and director, I have to do different things. I, except acting and directing, I also have to give training and lessons. So I need to be diverse. But actually, I would, I would make... If there was enough money in Suriname, I would just make movies all day long, you know? But training actors is also something I need to do because if they're not if if they're not trained, they don't know the camera techniques. 
like direct acting, the fourth wall. There are different camera techniques which actors have to learn and which are done in Hollywood. So you don't have to, in Dutch, you would say, at wheel of new uitvinden. How would you say it in English? Yeah, there, there's a certain structure already. You don't have to start <laughs> everything from scratch. No. So I, yeah, I think, I think so. There are people here in the comments, and I want to connect a couple of people in the comments actually, mm -hmm. because Gregory is saying, I write Surinamese Paranormal. I hope my, the, the in the future, my stories get used in the next Suriname Haunted Paranormal production. And I want to quickly connect Gregory mm -hmm. to, Giorgio, Giorgio says, you know where to find me to shoot some dope stuff. Gregory, Giorgio is very close to a group of people that makes paranormal videos. So it might be good to link up there because there might be some interactions as well. I think it's also interesting to know for people that don't know a lot about the, the Surinamese industry. We have a couple of key people who have performed really well internationally in mm -hmm. the film industry. We don't know a lot about them. First, of course, Conchita. Ivan already mentioned Conchita. Conchita is just a gateway for Surinamese people. She really supports Surinamese people that want to try something in Hollywood. So that's definitely, but you do have to be serious. Um, she is serious. If, if she wants to help you, you have to be serious as well. And I think also one of the people that's really underrated when it comes to this scene, because we all know Pim de la Para. We know that his, most of us who are into uh, movie, the movie industry in Suriname know about Pim de la Para and his legacy. But a lot of people don't know about Milton Kamp. And for those who are really into the, the, the darker, the, the cinema photography into film, you should definitely, if Milton Kamp is in Suriname, mm -hmm. you should definitely request or hope that he's available mm -hmm. to have a short chat with you because he's one, someone who's worked on like the highest productions in, in, in big movies as well. So we, we do have, we had, do have the talent. So Ivan, a quick follow-up question on that is, we're talking about the Surinamese industry. Tevin is also saying, like Ivan said, we should be more interacting with the Caribbean. I saw a few Caribbean movies on Fiadu, which is also interesting. A shout out to Fiadu from Uwelles as well, which is kind of like a Netflix platform. But what I'm really curious about is like, how do we make sure that the successful Surinamese people who are in the entertainment industry, who are in the film industry, how do we make sure the same thing doesn't happen with ha which happens with our international sports stars? That they come back, they want to do back some want to do something for the Surinamese community. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden they're like, yeah, we're we were trying to help, but we don't feel like we're happily being invited here but rather our fuels are being like pushed away like now nah, we don't want to do that oh how do we how do we bridge the gap on that one first of all i would say everything takes time yes because when i came back my first my i think my, the first three years were really difficult because people were telling me what i'm what am i doing because where is it heading and you know so everything takes time you have to invest Second of all, you have to invest in the country. If you don't invest in the country, you wouldn't get results because you need to invest and you need to be here also to invest. Because like I said, I'm now investing knowledge in actors about the techniques because you can write a script, but if the actor does not know how to be that role and be that character, living that character then you can write 
top stories, you can have production design, but you cannot make a film. So for your answer, there has to be a structure, just like in other countries in Europe, that you have actors who get trained. You also have production design who's getting trained. You also have DOPs who are getting trained. Milton Kamm is also in the Suriname Selection Committee for the Oscars. And the Suriname Selection Committee consists of Conchita Leeflang, Milton Kamm, Pim de la Para, Eddie Weingarde, Elvira Sandi, and Helen Reikard. And they all want to do projects in a structured manner with Surinamese talents. We know that these talents are, I wouldn't say raw, but they haven't like got the appropriate training yet. So what this group uh, wants to do, the Suriname Selection Committee, they want to do projects so that we can hire the, 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 how would you say it? We can, we can develop the industry in a structured way. Because if you go to Netflix or Amazon, the first thing what they ask you is, how about the rights? Who has the rights? Because in your country, you cannot put the rights in, you know? So they don't take, they don't take you serious. So if we don't get this, we need also the support of the government. You cannot work uh, alongside the government. It's impossible because I could put my rights uh, in Holland because I've lived there and I got my network there. But for other Sudanese people, it's like really not possible because they haven't got the, the right connections. So I, we need I, to invest, we need to invest in the structure. I think that's a perfect segue to talk about uh, your debut movie, Weirin, because for those of you who are listening, watching, Weirin was, I guess, the first movie being pushed to the selection committee to be nominated for the Oscars. I think this is a perfect, I guess, case study on how we could derive a structure from. So could you walk us, I guess, from the first, what, what, what's the status? How was that being, you know, submitting something for the Oscars? And then let's talk about the movie in general, how that went. Yeah. First of all, I think it was in 2019 that I approached the Academy of Motion Pictures and Arts for how, what is the, not only the time span, but what should be made possible to send in a movie. And then they sent me their requirements. It was a whole list of all kinds of things. Yeah. And then I read the requirements and then I made contact with Elfira Samdi. Elfira Samdi was the head of the, was the director of the Department of Culture. And because it has to be from, from the country, the country has to send in a movie. So she, she got all the requirements and put a group of international people together. And those people are being, how do you say, balloted by the Academy of Motion Pictures. So they go to their resume, they screen them. And that's how these six people got involved for being on the Suriname Selection Committee. So the Suriname Selection Co Committee is not gathered by people in Suriname, but it's, they are being screened by the Academy of Motion Pictures and Arts. So that was the first trajectory, the first uh, phase. And that was nearly a year. 
And then the second phase was, okay, how do you send the film in? And that is also, you have to send it into the Suriname Selection Committee. If there are more films in, then you also uh, have to, how do you say it? You also have, they also have their requirements. The language should be native language, like for instance, and most of the crew and cast have to live in Suriname. So there were a lot of requirements and also what the movie consists of disability people. So certain topics are real hot now, nowadays, you can say. So it was a whole, I would say, I think two years. It took me two years before our movie got, got in. And that was really, really an accomplishment, if I say it myself, you know, but but it was, were two years of investing and we're now on the list. We didn't get nominated, but Suriname has a, has a movie on the list of the Oscars. That's so important because now people all over the world are con connecting with, with people here, you know? How many countries, how many countries apply or how many countries handed in just, just to give us a general feel of like what it would mean if he got nominated, like how many, how many yes. movies get nominated in a category and then how many people, how many countries submitted? There were 93 countries who submitted the film and I think three or four got disqualified because they didn't reach the requirements and five only get nominated there is also i would say the members who nominate the movie there are 1500 members who nominate the movie and i i talked with mr john bloom that's a friend of conchita he is also one of the directors of the academy and he said you have to make a lot of advertisement for your movie because those wow. 1,500 people, they all need to hear about the movie. They all have to watch the movie because they, they won't look at all the 100 movies. So we were a little bit late with the advertisement for the movie because we didn't know that it was like that, that there was an urge. Because when, we, when I heard that Weedon was selected by the Suriname Selection Committee, it was November. Actually, since November, we had to push it, maybe putting billboards, in Hollywood, you know, so we didn't do that, but for our next movie or if there is another movie selected, then we know these things, you know, so we are learning, we are learning. Yes. I think that's okay. the, um, uh, a perfect yeah. place to put Devin's comment here. So should we use the success of Buren as sort of a mark for every filmmaker and she should strive for? Cause basically this is a benchmark. Now you have the framework. So. Is this something, yeah, to, to strive for with every, I guess, future production? Yeah, I would say Whedon is a social drama. So you have a lot of people who don't like social drama. You have people who like social drama. It's not a love story. One people was more a love story, combining it with the elements of uh, independent. But Whedon is a social story, combining it with the elements of rights. So I think I, I would, you cannot compare movies with each other. So the success of Viren is maybe an opening for other film, film lovers to make also a movie, but still I urge them to take lessons. If it's not online, take lessons, how you should write a story, how you should direct the story or how to act in a movie. 
also what I do want to know is like this was in the category for international film. Mm-hmm. Is there a difference between short movies and full? Because Viren is a full-length movie. There are some high-quality Surinamese. I mean, you played in one Akiki, uh, mm-hmm. which is a really high-quality uh, short movie. Short Would movie. that qualify in the same category, or is it a different category for that one? There's a different category. Uh, Viren is in the international featured uh, category, and its length should be minimal 90 minutes. Okay. So Akiki would be in the short uh, movie, but then you have to start up the whole process because for the short movies, there should also be a short movie Suriname selection committee. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, you have to start the whole process again. So it's it's like, you know, it's, it's a lot of work. But I think that should be done. We should we should do this. But I think within a few months there will be a, a, a session where everybody can tune in, and then the Suriname selection committee will lay everything, will tell you everything how we can develop that that way, the, the, the different structures to go to the Oscars. Yes, and it's it's really important that we have a, we have a movie at the Oscars because it opens ways, not only short movies, but also length movies. So, But, but can we get Giorgio to say it as well, <laughs> get that short movie comedy started? Because, I mean, like, in, in all honesty, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Ivan, I think it's it's for us, like, in, in the local market, putting out a full production, full movie, full length, 90 minutes movie, oof. It's. I mean, we're not going to have a, 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 a film every year being submitted. We, we are going to have to be realistic about that. And, and that's something like if we could get the short movie committed, committee started, I mean, that would be a little easier for for us. What What are your takes on that? And like for people who don't know the production difference between a short movie and, and a full-length movie, can you elaborate a little bit on that for us as well? I would say, actually, there is also a rule at the Academy Awards that you should, the Suriname Selection Committee should submit a movie within five years. Actually, if you don't do that, you can lose your license. So then you have to start the whole process. So between now and five years, we really should have a, a featured movie sending in again. Yeah, it's really hard to make a full length movie because of the finance, but don't underestimate short movies because you have to tell in a short movie or you have to tell a story in 30 minutes that's sometimes more difficult than telling a story in one and a half hours yes so i wouldn't say on the artistic side i wouldn't say that it's 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 not it's 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 not difficult it's less difficult because I think in 30 minutes, it's really hard to tell a story. But at the production side, the money, that's a real problem. Because I think you, you need like 200,000 or 300,000 euros to make a long movie, a featured film. At least, that's what my calculation now is. It's at least two, two to three hundred thousand US dollars. Yes. So, are I, you allowed to ask the production <laughs> cost for Viren and and the box yeah, office, the yeah, box yeah. office sales? What can can you give us an idea of what the production costs were and what the box office was? 
Okay. The production costs were like 90,000 euros. And that's including not only making the film, but getting the film also on the market. And not on the market only, but we also went to the Netherlands Film Festival, but where we also got some costs. But Whedon was like, uh, a lot of people contribute to Whedon because they, they, they like the story, you know? So that's where we got some help from people and from different companies, like on the production side, they gave, they gave us a lot of, we didn't have to pay so much. So it, it was like 90,000 euros. On the box office side, I can tell in general, a lot of people think like, we also have marketing costs. And marketing costs were like 40,000 uh, euros. That's not a lot because most of the marketing costs of different films are like two thirds of their general budget. So okay. when you have, yeah, it's like two thirds, but we didn't have any money. So I had to find a way and Sander and Stephanie, we had to find some ways. How can we get this film in the market without money? <laughs> And that was like Syrian style, being like we just went. I just I, I I just called a few distributors in Holland when I was there, and I said I want to come, blah blah. And the first one called me back, and then I went to to talk with them, and then they said, okay, Ivan, we're gonna do it because we believe in the movie. It got selected by the Dutch Film Festival, and that's why we also believe in it, etc. And that was where the distribution deal came, and it was. I would say not in Corona's time, but I think we were like around 30,000 euros like box office. That's not a lot. Yes. But I also learned from that, from that part because it's really important for filmmakers to get attention. And the only attention we could gain was through social media. And that's where Whedon was like real strong. Suriname social media, everybody did their part. Even you, Shaluk, helped us with a lot. So that's where Whedon came in. And then the distribution deal came with Netflix and then with iTunes. But it went through our distribu dis distributor. So Because they took the risk. No, yeah, they took the risk. But Netflix doesn't deal with individuals they deal with distribution companies and they also select your movie if they don't believe in it they won't select your movie so that's where we also scored that our movie came in on netflix while then other companies and other uh, people got interested in in the movie also okay but i think also the netflix revenues don't get accumulated on the box box office right it's like no, separate. No, no, it doesn't get included in the box that's office separate. I'm going to tell yeah. you how Netflix works. Netflix yeah, works, works per region. So like, for instance, uh, the region Benelux, okay. we have a distribution contract. They pay a certain amount for region Benelux. When they, when they like America, you can uh, sell your movie for Netflix if they believe in it for like maybe three, 400,000. But they can also take your movie and sell it for the world then they it will be on and that's a few millions but we got our first and that's that's in the ten thousands we got we got the deal for netflix with benelux so but we have to use our netflix. we have to use our vpn to 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 watch it on netflix 
but you can also see it on Amazon Prime Video, so you can download it or hire it. And that's also a certain way you can promote your movie. Amazon is not that difficult, like Netflix okay. and iTunes, because on that you don't get like uh, Amazon is much easier to put your film on. Okay, so for the international viewers, oh, you if you want to watch Weirin, it's it's like Ivan said, it had to be in Dutch, but it I think it's subtitled in English as well, yes, yes. and you can actually watch that on Amazon Prime. So that's that's really cool. Yeah, for so, people in the United States and United Kingdom, I'm not sure so, yet if you can watch it. Can we see it in the Caribbean on Amazon I Prime? So. I think so. I think so. You can see it on Amazon Prime if you have a credit card or through the American system. You can uh, watch Sweden also. Yes, I would say I'm I'm gonna check it out, but I think so because the Dutch the Dutch version people could watch from Suriname. So I think with the American version with English subtitles, I think so in the Caribbean. Thanks for sharing that, Ivan. And it's a really listening to all this from getting distributors, getting it's a very complicated process. And yes. uh, I, I'm going to try and sum it up. So basically, for the Oscars, you have this committee pair category, and for each category, you need a separate team. To go through the submissions, and then that gets considered by the bigger committee of fifteen hundred plus people, Ooh. and then you need to separately market that to those people, <laughs> so that gets added to your basically your That's total true. budget of production, yeah. Yeah. and yeah, th those numbers you are calling two hundred k, three hundred k, two thirds go into marketing. Makes you wonder, like, if yeah. so much goes into marketing. Like, what do the companies in the end who invest in it get out of it? You know, actually, I would say we should we, <laughs> we should start a distribution company in the Caribbean. I would say if if you want to make money in this industry, you you should start a distribution company and get the licensing from from different because we don't have distribution companies yet. I would say in the Caribbean, but maybe there are a few already, but I don't know them. So I would say if you if you want to make money, start a distribution company. Should we start a distribution company in Suriname? I would say no, because there are two, there are not so many households yet. I, I just wanted some clarity on that, on the distribution. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you, you answered that part of that's where the money is but the question was you get the funding from people companies mm -hmm. invest in the movie mm -hmm. and more than half of that money is invested in marketing mm -hmm. so what is the roi mm -hmm. tangibly for the companies that invest in the movie in, the, aside the from just believing in the idea you know two-thirds if you have a budget of like one million dollar then your production cost should be like two hundred thousand or three hundred thousand. The the seven hundred thousand should be invested in marketing because you need billboards. You need in every country you should do your own marketing. You know, so if people invest so much money, then you should say that distribution companies. That's where actually the money is made. <laughs> Because if you make a distribution deal, you get like a percentage. So what I've learned is that you should make distribution deals 
in different regions. And every distribution deal should differ from every region. So like you should try to get your movie on Netflix and iTunes like in the Benelux. But for worldwide audience, if you can get it on Amazon Prime and do your own advertisement, then maybe you can get more. Because distribution companies are like in the middle of the streaming platforms and television and you. So you should really get a good distribution deal. So when they come with a contract, you should read it real good with a lawyer and then talk about some of those pointers. Because if you get like, for instance, you get 70,000 euros for Netflix, then you have to divide it with your distribution company. Then the distribution company gets like 50% and you 50%. But some contracts are differ. Sometimes distribution companies get 75% and you get 25%. So you need to read your contract real good. And if you do not know what it says, then you should take a lawyer. Do, do distribution companies generally invest in the production of movies? Yes, that's true. Because if they believe in you, then for your second movie, they will be also invest, invest, investing in your movie if they believe in you. So I wouldn't say only distribution companies, but I also got some mails in. So Ivan, if you're going to do your second movie, can we talk before you do it? So that's, how, that's why we need to get really more in the open, but not only I, but not only me, but also actors and production design, etc. The more we get written in the open, the more calls will go to the whole production crew and also the actors. So yeah. maybe, maybe I am promoting Whedon real a lot on my social media, but I urge also the actors and the production crew to promote themselves much more and don't listen <laughs> don't listen from don't listen to what people say that it's too much no do it then you'll get more attention <laughs> yeah I, I guess the way I, I see it now Rearing is just like spearheading is, is the vehicle to open this pad up so to get access to this funding for follow-up productions and if you can get a distribution company or a Netflix to heavily invest in the next production, you're kind of guaranteed on distribution from but their there, part as well. But there are a lot of rich people in this world who do not know what they have to do with their money. We think that a lot of people don't want to, they want to invest. There are a lot of rich people in this world who really want to, if they only can sit at the front row of, of the premiere, then they want, want to invest. So, but they first have to know you and if you don't promote yourself and that's something that's something i really want to i can talk about that self-promotion thing i think for an hour but we do it we do it so we we don't do it in suriname and i'm asking myself why isn't everybody like promoting everything like i'm like yeah i don't know maybe shalib can help us with that but i think it's it's something dodgy. Yeah, I think I think we we no, it's not. It's 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 we're not aware of the effect of a personal brand and a brand in general, yeah, and that has yeah. to do with again looking at it in like within the borders of Suriname. 
we often when it comes to like when we think in Suriname, we often think within the borders of Suriname. We don't think mm-hmm. outside of the borders. And with, with the internet, with how everything is developing, that's slowly changing. But we're not aware of like how quickly that can go. I, I want to give a quick tidbit on, on this because it, it's very interesting that you mentioned that. I can't fully announce it yet, but this year will be my first, first year speaking at an international conference on social media. And I've had multiple people like international speakers who I've spoken with who's, who've seen me speak on, on lo- in local conferences say like, hey, your, your, your talk was really good. It's on an international level. But I never felt confident enough to say like put myself out there you have these people like americans for instance they will cold call a hundred conferences they will just send their cv to a hundred conferences and saying i want to speak at your conference i want to speak at your conference i want to speak at your conference and then they've sent out a hundred applications to speak at conferences for free and two of them buy it and they get to put those on their cv and say like i spoke at that and that conference that's yeah. still scary for me i i don't want to do that so so that jumps into to this conversation because i'm very scared to do that and now i got lucky through a connection that helped me out somebody who mentors me and says like i i think you're good enough so mm-hmm. she actually got me to speak and i'm going to be speaking for a conference which nice. has about 15, uh, 18 000 participants joining into the conference which is really for me it's uh, i'm panicking just hearing of it but that's just through connections and the other way around because for the social media conference we try to get speakers from abroad everywhere and we're only getting them through connections people we've met people we've conversed with we got an a-list speaker last year like somebody asked twenty thousand k just to speak for an hour and the only reason we got that person is because we had a genuine conversation for 15 minutes in San Diego. So that's that's something that we 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 kind of forget that we have to put ourselves out there. Mm. Like Diego uh, Diego introduced me to this NFT. I'm going a little bit off topic, but just for people in in Suriname and to in the Caribbean to understand that we actually have the potential and we are good enough. We're just afraid to put ourselves out there. Somebody, Diego, who knows quite well, is in the NFT market and an and international global competition was in the top three. And also, I think already, I heard today, sold his first million in, in NFT art. I mean, that's crazy. It's, it's for us, 10 years ago, we wouldn't think that these possibilities were there for us. And and like you're saying, Ivan, we're, we're not aware that mm-hmm. through the internet, we can reach out to anyone. All we have to do is mm-hmm. be honest, be authentic, and show our skill set. And then people will knock on your door like, hey, this is pretty good. Where are you from? Suriname. Yeah. Okay. And especially during COVID time. So Jordan, to, Jordan to, also, the critics will also knock on your door, you know, but you have to engage yeah. them. Yeah. So I think that's it's very difficult. And And what kind of advice do you have to people? Because it is kind of a tribe. It's kind of you're moving into this tribe and you're getting to know these people with similar interests. And it's very scary because you're an outsider and you feel like Diego called it the imposter syndrome because that's also his personal experience from from the, the, the podcasting experience he recently had. So how do you deal with that? How do you get yourself comfortable enough to be able to network and, and put yourself out there? 
First of all, don't be scared. When I started the movie we run with the crowdfunding, we sent mails to, I think, like 100 companies. And I know Stephanie, that's one of the executive producers. She said, Ivan, so many mails. And if they all say no, I told her, Stephanie, one is going to say yes. And if you have one who says yes, Suriname is a small country, you know? So if one says yes, then the next one maybe will say yes. And then you can talk about which one that you already have two, you know, and then three and four. And I think we sent like 100 mails, but I think she would have stopped maybe like 10 mails or 15 mails and said, no, I'm not. I said, no, I've, I've, I've learned that at my studies, business engineering, that you really need to go forward. And never think that your project is less worth than somebody else's project. So what I want to tell people is never give up, but also study the companies also. Because if you send you if you want funding from a company, don't just send a mail which says like I want money, but study the company and how the company can also profit from your project. And I think there's where people don't work on they don't do their research i tell my actors also do your research if you're gonna make a commercial for a company for nandas or ozone or just do your research on their project on on the on the product product which you you're gonna show don't go, just go as an actor and gonna do you know, I did, I did like advertisement for Fernandez and I, you know, I, I really wanted to know what, what the, the bread was like, you know, so I also ate one, you know, you, you really need to be engaged in the whole process and everything. So do your research. I think, I think a lot of people start projects, but they haven't done their research and they, maybe they don't know how to do their research also. So that's where we got to help them also. Yeah, I, I think this applies for not just film, not just social media, not just speaking. It's any engagement. It's about relationship building. And Prochan looks at all this from the social media conferences were all built through. Like even a 15-minute talk can spark something maybe five years along the way. But... It's having these little conversations and putting yourself in that position. And yeah, you'll feel afraid. You'll feel that imposter syndrome. But from my experience, the other party, usually, if it's not a big company, is feeling the same thing. Mm -hmm. And then you got two people feeling that same thing. And the, the one that makes the first move basically like, oh yes, now we got a match. Let's hop on. But I, I quickly want to go, go through the comments before we to you, Sean, look, Saf S, what are you afraid of? Welcome back, Saf. Yeah, she, she put in earlier that, that she was joining again, that she was yeah. MIA, but that she's joining again. But yeah, I'm, I'm not going to elaborate on that too much, maybe another time, but yeah. Uh, but it's, I think Ivan yeah. gave some answers. Uh, Rowan says, yeah. congrats, Sean. Look, looking forward Thank to you. it. Quintus also says, uh, believe in yourself. So we, we got people tuning in, cheering you on, Sean. Look, so, and it's, also. That's good. I'm really, I'm really grateful. But uh, let's, let's go to the, to the, the wise man said by Tevin. I really like that one. <laughs> what did say? Yeah. So uh, apparently Tevin saw my tweet I put out uh, a few days ago. <laughs> 
And uh, Giorgio is probably laughing right now too because I, I had a talk with Giorgio about this. Um, but yeah, the, the, the way I see it, like context, perspective, and leverage equals opportunity in basically any thing you do. It's, you know, what situation are we in? Like context here now, which perspectives do we have? We have people from like Ivan's experience from the Netherlands and connections is Hollywood. It's perspective from different sides and what leverage do we have there? So combining that formula, it, it just came to me. It's any opportunity or creating an impact. Definitely. definitely. And, and quickly on the research part, what, what Ivan already said is if, if you're doing research and you're researching something and you have an idea and throughout your research, you can't find anyone who has done the same thing. You haven't done your research properly. That's, that's just one thing. If you're doing research on something you want to do, like a concept, an idea that you have, and within your research, you haven't found anybody else who has ever done that in the world, you haven't done your research properly. That's, that's just what I want to say as well. Awesome. Yeah. And I think uh, that's a perfect place to go to a closing uh, round with iPhone. So if anyone in the comment sections have, has any final burning question, drop it now. And otherwise... Uh, well, I'll ask Ivan if his sign language is still still going. Because for the people that don't haven't seen Wirin, it's about uh, a deaf, deaf-born uh, boy who moves from uh, the districts of Suriname to the inner city and is fighting for equal rights. So Ivan, how is your sign language? You can still write your name in, in sign language. It's only four letters, so I'm, I'm pretty yeah, sure yeah, you're, still, yeah. you're still able to. I, I did the basic course, and that's uh, I, V. A and Ivan. Yeah, I can so because I think the yeah. That's the end. Yeah. Yes. I, I think I, I'm only I do think you know one of do the, you know your sign language? I, I know J A I N L U C. I'm I'm not sure about the U, but for <laughs> all the other letters I'm I'm pretty sure. But I, I I'm quite I'm I'm quite smooth with it. I'm I'm not sure about the U though. The code. I have to. I have to ask Viren again. I have the to basic. ask Viren again. What? To, yeah, I might have to do the basic course again. I guess we have one final question from the comments section, and then I'll, what future movie plan does Ivan have? And then from my side, if you have one tip recommendation for people interested in the film industry, just starting out, be it in the creative direction side or actors, what would you recommend? Okay, my plans, that are three questions. My plans, I'm now busy writing two uh, stories. I have an, a love story in uh, the 1700s in Suriname, and I'm giving it a little bit of twist, but it's also based on a certain period between 1703 and 1740. And it's about, you can say a case also, and it's about the, the government's family. They are going through a lot. Suriname has just uh, been, came in Dutch uh, hands after the English captivity. So that's, that's a certain phase in Suriname where we don't hear a lot of. So I'm gonna, I really want to do that movie. And I told also some actors already, and they are really, really happy to hear that I'm gonna do a casting for uh, this movie, maybe 
in a few months i will do that casting process but i think in 2023 i will put that put the movie in production so i i'm doing like two years of research i also need to talk to some historians still and yeah i really i really want to tell this story it's a love story a controversial love story so i really want to do that and my second movie is about the animal kingdom <laughs> and i think that's for 2025 yes the animal kingdom <laughs> which we started with the animals and the animal kingdom is gonna come in in yeah i really want you know sunum is part of the amazon so why don't we have our own Lion King story, our, our own love story between animals and singing and actress? And yeah, it's going to be great. I really put that in focus for 2025 because that's it has a high production value financially. So, so you cannot do it like within a year. You really need a lot of money because we have to have all the green screens available. But I think Suriname has the real, the, the atmosphere and the whole interior is like make, just when you walk, you really want to see an, an animal kingdom coming to life, people dressed as animals. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What would you recommend people just entering the industry or wanting to go into acting that the first thing they should do or read, I guess, take acting lessons with Ivan? They <laughs> <laughs> can always come to my acting classes and Sometimes they can also come and just watch me uh, how I give my lessons. I wouldn't, I would be glad to if they would come one time and just look how the lessons are being given. So they can come, all the actors in Suriname or people who want to act. But maybe I've said it before research. If people want to direct, they have to do their research. And research isn't only done by reading books, but it's also talking with people who already did a project because you can read things in books, but if you never practice your craft in daily life, then you, you don't learn a lot. So to other directors in Suriname, I want to tell them they can always give me a call. I'm glad to give them advice on some, some things, but you have to take the camera or take your phone and go film, go film and evaluate your film. And if you want to be your film to be evaluated by someone who's already working in the professional scene, then do that. You can always come to me and I can help you get better in your craft. So quickly so, on it, how, how can people find you? How can people reach out to you? Facebook, Ivan Tayapin on Facebook. I have my own personal Facebook and I also have my page, Ivan Tayapin. And they can always call me. My telephone number is also on my Facebook. So I'm open, I'm transparent. And I, I think that that's something, oh, sorry, something flew here. <laughs> yeah, I'm open, I'm transparent. And I think they can always reach me through Shaluk or through Diego. Yeah. Amazing. Right. So guys, if you're listening, Make use of this opportunity if you're interested. And I guess, Sean, look, if you care to go to the last comments and then we could close off. Yeah, I'm, I'm quickly going to ask, Ivan, if you had the opportunity to drive direct in a Hollywood movie, would you take it? If I could play in a Hollywood movie, I would take it. The opportunity yeah, to, do direct, I, to direct. Yeah, 
to act or to direct. Yes, to direct. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, would really direct a, a Marvel movie. Yes, opportunity. Okay, okay. Yeah, Marvel's movie. And, uh, and I, I, would you... I would introduce new characters because these, <laughs> the characters they have are like really like they come from a certain point of masculinity, but strong. But I would also introduce characters which would combine their their higher level of consciousness into the Marvel industry. And those characters would be taking over the, the whole Marvel industry. Yes, I would uh, direct. Not Superman, okay. but maybe, maybe Rainbow Man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if I could meet or collaborate with any actor, producer, director, who would you like to meet or collaborate with? With actor, I think I would uh, like to collaborate with uh, Will Smith and Tom Hanks because uh, yeah, I think Tom Hanks is one of the best actors ever. He's, he's he can play any any role. Producer, I think Tyler Perry. I'm I haven't reached out to him yet, but sometimes they are also interested in new directors. And actually, how the movie Whedon is now on the list of the Oscars, they can all watch it. It's in the screening room, and they have access to it. So producer, director, I think Tyler Perry, to maybe he wants to invest in my new movie. And uh, director... No, I haven't thought about that, collaborating with the director. No, that, that, that just didn't came in. No, I, wa I want to act in movies also. So if Christopher Nolan asked me to act in this movie, I would glad to act in this movie. <laughs> okay. We have you have heard it here first. The first first concepts of 2030, the new Marvel character, Rainbow Man. And as Gregory puts it, sickness to the MF weakness. We can't say that out loud. We can do. But that was it for this week as always the full episode will be available on spotify and your streaming platforms on saturday we will be here with a brand new edition next tuesday ivan many thanks for being our guest this was social convos i'm shaluk that's diego and thank you all for watching and being interactive like always see thank you, you. Bye -bye. thank you thank you guys Thank mm -hmm. you.